0: I'm just watching this <laughs> I'm watching this news story Fox 40 I guess it's from somewhere in California California Retailers Association discusses retail thefts amid holiday shopping season and the the story is kind of funny because in the like footage they include like this video these videos of people just like stealing a bunch of shit like like an apple store and like two dudes just going through grabbing every single one of them yeah but she just called it she called it mob retail dude it's weird dude okay so there was this big story in the new york times that i saw like last week and i meant to talk about it on the episode last week but i forgot um, thefts, al- always an issue for real te- retailers, become more brazen. In recent months, robberies have been more visible, with several involving large groups rushing into stores and coming out with armloads of goods. <laughs> listen to this. L- <laughs> listen to the first couple of hit paragraphs of this story. This is, this is absolutely absurd. Flosh, oh, sorry. Flash mobs, quote unquote, flash mobs Swarm
1: through aren't, Hold on a second. Aren't aren't flash mobs the people that used to like uh just meet up randomly in like uh middle of Oakland and do Michael Jackson's thriller? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they used to like dance
0: for I mean
1: <laughs> now, now they've now they've turned to theft.
0: <laughs> <laughs> flash mobs it's not as lucrative as it wo- once was. Don't be fooled you you used to be able to get at least a couple thousand videos or views on youtube with a good flash mob video it's not working anymore so now they gotta yeah they gotta rob nordstrom <laughs> so
1: now they gotta shorten up the stores <laughs>
0: honestly they've turned to
1: a li- they've turned to a life of crime that was literally <laughs> just imagine just imagine remember the jabbawockees <laughs> just imagine the jabbawockees uh holding up a speedway just miming? <laughs> yeah, just miming the whole... <laughs> just like doing a routine and then just shortening the register up. Oh, shit. Uh, um, just imagine it all those people in Filipino prison that did <laughs> Michael Jackson's Thriller and they've all escaped. All and the, now they're robbing retail stores, big box stores.
0: All the people in the apartheid jails that... Nelson Mandela organized to flash mob Jolene. Um
1: have yeah. <laughs> now seized Dollywood.
0: Was that? Yeah, have now seized Dollywood. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first uh, recorded flash mob, probably, if you think about it. Yeah. Damn. The Jabberwockies.
1: Just a never-ending stream of former Vine stars and probably now TikTok stars just, like, fucking smashing, grabbing Best Buys. Well, flash mobs are, like,
0: for, for whatever reason in my mind, I associate them with, like, the Arab Spring, because, like... Me,
1: too. Me, too. It's the first time I heard that term. Yeah, what is that, like?
0: It's, like... There was this thing right around the late 2000s, early 2010s, where, like, the power of social media had become this huge, like, think piece. And it was, like, it launched the Arab Spring. It launched the Green Revolution or whatever that dumb bullshit in Iran was or whatever, like, you know, or Occupy Wall Street. And then, but, but, like, if you like to have fun and you don't want to overthrow the system, you can do a flash mob because you can, like, say so-and-so show up at so-and-so time at so-and-so place, and people would all show up. Like, that's what the, that's what. And do the thriller dance. Do the thriller (laughs) dance. And now that I think about it, like, what was so weird about Buttigieg, Buttigieg had a flash mob as part of his campaign,
1: bro. Like, he, That was, that was, the reason, that, well, that's not the only reason he lost. But, (laughs) (laughs) but, but it's a very 2010 idea. Mm Mm-hmm. What was their song? They did hi, "High High hi, Hopes" hi, for a living. I forget, is that, that Fallout Boy? Maybe.
0: So I think so. Maybe, dude. That's bad. Fallout Boy flash mob running for president, like in t- as- in,
1: in twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's you, no shade to right. Fallout Boy. I'm just saying yeah, it's you very twenty ten campaign.
0: You could get away with that, yeah, in two thousand eight or twelve, but twenty twenty, man, come on, a little stale. And that was probably a Liz Smith original a Liz Smith original isn't that her name she's like also she's sort of like embroiled in this Cuomo stuff because she was also advising Cuomo during his whole scandal she's the one who ran booty judge's campaign really yeah yeah and she I didn't know and, that. yeah and, and she said like if I could fire everyone on Cuomo... Every woman on Cuomo's staff, I would, or something like that. Like, why can't we... No, it was like, why can't we just fire the women on staff? Like, she said that during the Cuomo, like, scramble for... uh, Oh, boy. I don't know. Oh, boy. Anyways. um, Back to New York Times, Michael Corkery. If a motherfucker named Michael Corkery shows up in your neighborhood asking questions for the New York Times... You know you're getting one specific story out of it.
1: <laughs> yes, that's correct. Whether
0: it's Appalachia or, like, Oakland, it's going to be the same story. So just beware.
1: Yeah, he's got a template. Said. <laughs> he just shifts it a little bit, depending on the geography. Uh, flash
0: mobs swarm through a Nordstrom in Northern California and two Best Buy stores in Minnesota Running out with arms armfuls of merchandise, five thieves steal twenty thousand dollars in products from an Ulta beauty store in Pennsylvania in just forty seconds. A security guard is fatally shot in Oakland, California, while working with a local television news crew reporting about a recent retail robbery of a group by a group of thieves. Theft is an ever-present issue for retailers. As much as $68.9 billion of products, damn, that's almost a 69, 68.9, it probably was $69 billion, but they didn't want to put that in the pages of the New York Times, um, <laughs> were stolen from retailers in 2019, according to one industry group. But it has become more visible, brazen, and violent in recent months, forcing an industry already buffeted, buffeted? by pandemic lockdowns and fights over mask requirements to deal with the new problem. And this is the, this is the good quote. This level of violence has taken it to a whole new level, said Rachel Michelin president of the California retailers association. No one has seen this before. Like the pay, the portrait they paint is just like yeah, like hundreds of people just like fucking swarming a Best Buy and like picking it clean, like piranhas basically, and then just moving on to the next place.
1: <laughs> I kind of a. I, I'm gonna tell you something though. Let's. I mean, you know, um, in in a country where the con- we where we literally have something called retail holidays. <laughs> and in certain states we have tax holidays where like you know they they like in Tennessee I think they like maybe during the Christmas season or sometime they just they say no income no sales tax. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? This is this is like maybe and I'm not saying it's a revolutionary thing but I I'm moving the needle a little bit or at the very least it's you know people getting free TVs and shit.
0: What you're saying I'm is they all that. you're saying they get so much free shit as it is. Like, she just shut the fuck up. <laughs> because, yeah, they do. They get tax breaks, incentives, like, they do. You know what I mean? Like,
1: Well, I'm just saying, like, for a country that has, like, something called Black Friday, where we, like, all go out and, like, you know, maul our fellow man for, like... <laughs> reduction on towels and dishware. Uh Like, you know, maybe smashing and grabbing and stealing from retail is like kind of just fighting back a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the extent that it's actually happened and isn't completely just made
1: up. Right. I mean, of course, it's like the worst it's ever been is like an eye roll. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. But, Well, that that does. to, to, To the degree that any of this is real, yeah, is what I'm saying. That does... You make a
0: great point, though. If you want to end this, if you don't, if if you don't want like retail flash mob, uh, you know, coming through your store and yeah, picking it clean like a corpse, like a bunch of vultures, you just end capitalism. Stop selling commodities. There you go.
1: Right. It's right. pretty easy. <laughs> right. If, if uh, yeah, uh, stop uh displacing people to put uh, you know. Retail stores and used to be like residential neighborhoods and shit. Right? Um, Did you see the thing the guy on Twitter said that was going around? I don't know how much you've been on. What? But some dude, it's a tie, and some dude named Leighton Woodhouse <laughs> who bills himself as a writer and filmmaker, like I'm a like I'm a goddamn astronaut, and he said uh, yesterday. Hold on a second. Let me find it. Let me just swim through his never-ending stream of Barry Wise thirst retweets. <laughs> uh, blah blah blah. Amy Therese thirst retweets. Layton Woodhouse. I think this is one of those guys, guys Lay- that you you would How probably call. I don't know. He seems like a media washout. That's like post left or something like that. How do you spell the first name? Uh, like a bitch. L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N. He said, Chopo Trap House millionaires can make fun of people for being upset about the crime wave all they want, but the barricaded security state that's emerging from it tears at the social fabric. This is a shit way to live in a city. Damn. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Um, I don't get it. Is it like, is, is the point he's making like... The, the a, shit
1: way to live in a city is, you. I guess is what he's saying, is, man, I have to fucking go through a metal detector anytime I go through a CVS. This is just no way to live. They're locking up the jack-off lotions now. <laughs> Can you believe it? Well, to that I would say, sir, they at least brought
0: the Razors be- out from behind the locked glass display case. So that's a win for us, you know? You gotta yeah. take them where you can get them.
1: Yeah. So they're saying this guy, I guess, is saying like, "What about the security guards? Like y'all are y'all are putting an undue burden on the working class." Here's a security guard getting maced. Right? <laughs> nobody held a gun. You had told you be a security guard. <laughs> well, a, I mean, you is know, that fucking Walmart? or Whatever. Is that the purpose
0: of this then? Um, because. I, I guess, is that the purpose? Is that, the, like, the virtue being signaled? Like, I care about the security guard and the and the police officer? Is it that kind of, like, working-class politics? I
1: think that's what he's saying. I think he's saying, like, uh, well, one, there's a security state emerging uh, out of all this. And two, consider the poor, yeah, the people that work these, like, security guard jobs and stuff like that. They're working class, too. <laughs> I I mean, it's it's weird to like yeah duh
0: <laughs> like it's of course it, they are yeah. i mean i don't know as the i guess the point is that like you shouldn't scoff at their miseries or pains in life i guess that's what i'm saying yeah yeah i don't know i mean i guess i understand but uh nah
1: i mean who gives a shit i mean <laughs> cops are cops well, I mean, but the other thing too is like, like, you know, uh, I guess what the, he's also trying to say like, there's going to be some undue cost to like people that work retail and service jobs from like, the crime wave or whatever. Oh, okay. And it's like, bro, well, a fucking like, a, it, it just it's like such a trap point because like, uh, everything like, like. The losses that these every company sustains is always taken from the workers anyway anyway, goddamn what uh-huh. crime wave or no crime wave or anything.
0: but the thing is is like, okay, I guess the reason why I have such a hard time thinking about this is like, is there even a crime wave? I just don't I
1: don't buy it yeah, that's what I'm saying first off it, it see it feels like. Like you know, I think this is just like this is some like stupid ass line like guys like him and Lee Fong and whoever have bought into, because like actually it's as things are as safe like in terms of crime as they've ever been. It's right. like not New York City in the seventies or anything like that, which was also not for nothing gemmed up by the NYPD mostly. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't know. It's. Yeah, it seems like one of these fictitious straw men things. I, well, I, I bring all this up to say one thing. This guy also did an article, not in 2016, but two weeks ago, called The Other White People. And it had like a picture <laughs> of like a holler girl <laughs> kicking a ball in front of her like ramshackle oh, know, house. Shit.
0: Is there anything good in it? Is there any like gems? You want to break it down? Okay, could, well before we before we go on, I just want to say, before we move on to the other white people, if it's good, I just want to say first of all, um, I don't think that there's a crime wave right now, and the reason why, and this is what I wanted to talk to you about, and I think it, probably, it may tie in a little bit with this, but the reason why I don't think there's a crime wave going around is because I've spent a long, long time reading about the police reading statements from the police watching how they operate in my community and in other communities around here i've just spent a lot of time with cops like not like personally like i don't like
1: <laughs> i've spent a lot of time with cops as an undercover in other capacities <laughs> as a unite <laughs> snitch and other jobs
0: I, no, i'm not... working
1: class i'm, I'm a not <laughs> snitch i'm working class
0: I'm not saying literally, like, I go and ride around. I just say that, like, I've studied them for a (laughs) while. And they lie so much. And not only do they lie, um, they're whiny piss babies who, um, you know, they're motivated by grievance and all these other things. But, like, the best way for for me to demonstrate that, like, there's all kinds of different ways. I mean, just look at any way that a drug war is waged anywhere. Um, But the best, most like spot like specific issue like the best way to demonstrate that is this issue over fentanyl and like here's the latest scare story in our region Fentanyl-laced vape pins among teens concerned after Tennessee high school incident. Did you see this story? Like, they were all fucking dressed up like they were on the fucking moon just are like, defusing a bomb. They looked like the fucking Hurt Locker, like, trying to fucking, like, get the Like, this... Pit. Okay. This isn't real! I feel fucking insane! It's not real! This is
1: fiction. Well, let me ask you this, because I've heard this, and I don't know if this is true or not. Maybe you do know. But I've heard that, like... Like basically, if you try to like, like smoke or inhale fentanyl, like it can't be absorbed that way anyway. Right? Do that means is that true? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. I, I, before maybe maybe one of the 40 chemists or physicists that are in our listenership can the, the, <laughs> the perhaps sti- one of the millions the, of stem majors that the, listen to us can clue us in on this
0: the statistically high number of stem majors in our A audience. particle physicists that uh, listen to this program the very suspiciously high number of them um <laughs> yeah. but uh I don't. The, the thing about fentanyl is it, it comes in different forms. There's a transdermal patch you fucking put on. Some people boil that down and extract it out of there and then shoot that. Like, there's all kinds of different fucking forms. But, like, a vape pen that's, like, manufactured by, like, uh, I don't know, probably in China or by some, you know, tobacco company or whatever.
1: Whatever. Like, it just doesn't – and even if it is real, I don't know, regardless – it's all part regardless, of regardless the- here's what you're saying. In 2026, we're going to get an Adam Curtis documentary about it, and they retreat into a fantasy world, but it's going to be about fentanyl.
0: Well, yeah, because like here's the thing, like I wrote that thing in the summer about like unite and the opioid crisis here early on and um you just watch the patterns in the way they talk about these things and the way it kind of gets ginned up into a moral panic. And it's the same thing with this fentanyl because they all talk about it like cops are passing out and like you know they they just barely get a whiff of it and they're fucking knocked on their ass. Yeah, they like, start having seizures. And yeah. Stuff. <laughs> it's it's like it makes me feel insane because it's literally not how that works. Like there's actually videos yeah. of this online. There's one specifically by this guy Christopher Morath who did just a video demonstration of rubbing uh, transdermal fentanyl, I guess, like on his hands. Or uh, yeah, I guess the he was a hand rub with fentanyl. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like there's a there's like a, a transdermal patch and that can be
1: absorbed through the skin.
0: But like, I, I think a lot of this is not that it's
1: I don't, you know, it's, it's like a powder. It's almost like it kind of reminds you of like the anthrax scare or something like that. It is. Remember, like, just after 9-11 when everybody was getting anthrax or whatever sent to their office? Did we ever get to the bottom of anthrax? Was that CIA? Definitely. Had to have been. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Fentanyl, to the degree that it reaches the streets in the form of street drugs, would not surprise me at all if we find out somewhere along the line that cops are putting fentanyl out on the streets. I, I ex- yes. And we will find one day <laughs> that cops killed Prince, and it's going to be. I don't know. I just, I mean, like, what can you say about these fucking people? It's like a, a taxpayer funded paramilitary arm that's hired to harass us and has no constitutional imperative to even intervene in like what they say that their job is you know what i mean like they don't even ha- they don't even have to stop crimes <laughs> it's so
0: weird dude
1: <laughs> it's like basically being a cop is like the fake email ngo job of like the, of like but like with a gun Right. You know, it's like if you go to work, uh, if you go to work for uh, Earth Justice, but they uh, they uh, give you a gun and a badge. (laughs) Well, it's really strange because
0: it's really weird, like to form a politic around like that. Just like, oh, look, they're sad, too. Look, you're making them sad by your crime waves. Why didn't you think of the cops' feelings when you robbed that Nordstrom, you piece of shit? Like, who fucking cares? I don't fucking care. Like, I guess he's, maybe his wages, yeah, he doesn't make fucking millions or even hundreds of thousands of dollars. But he can do what everybody
1: wants to do, which is murder people with impunity. With impunity. (laughs) Listen, I'd punt on a six-figure salary if if I could ride on all my enemies with no repercussions
0: exactly or take drugs from the evidence locker whatever like you get to fucking do whatever like it's a pretty yeah. sweet fucking trade-off it, like i mean yeah honestly i know that the, and then i know like there's like rent cops like security officers like security guards and like prison guards and shit and like that is definitely like i don't know it's like a hierarchy right it's like cops on top and then like prison guards and then like security guards like private industry uh, uh, cops basically,
1: but they're all the same. Uh, what the lo- the lowest? What is the lowest form of cop? Is it like loss prevention guy? <laughs> like, is that the lowest form of cop?
0: That or a constable? Because a constable literally just evicts people from their home. Like that's like how fucking low do you have to be?
1: Uh, truly a vestigial organ from like England, like uh, sheriff of Nottingham. Uh, you know, <laughs> John of Loxley era
0: England. Imagine how fucking cruel and hard-hearted you be have to be for that to be your job. Tr- yeah, I'm going to suddenly start caring for that guy as my politics. Like, no, fuck off. Like, no.
1: i won't to be a constable. I, th- what that means is I get to put lights and sirens on my car and just on a whim <laughs> I get to go bust somebody <laughs> for having like a weed patch in their backyard. Exactly. You get to do ride alongs with the actual
0: cops, but then they
1: go send you
0: in to like kick You're out. You're a bonded cop. Home.
1: You could do anything. We should do like a taxonomy of cops from like the highest, which would be like probably CIA, to oh, the yeah. lowest. Yeah, CIA
0: and like FBI and NSA. Like the, yeah, like, those the are that Sex State. Yeah. yeah, those are the top. Um and then and then yeah, like big city cops like new york city LAPD, LAPD
1: cops and they're like gangs and shit Yeah
0: cuz they got like organized gangs and
1: shit like paramilitary and are more powerful people. than the leadership
0: and so. they get like their budgets are
1: like larger than like some countries that's <laughs> <laughs> so like And you get to you get to like say that the mayor's daughter like sucked your dick on like a public forum and like he just like <laughs> praises you on tv right no repercussions
0: yeah it not only are there no repercussions he praises you he's like good job young man <laughs> for slandering right bra- you
1: you bravely uh <laughs> protect everybody and, and even though everybody knows that's horseshit how did it happen though how did cops become so powerful Oh buddy. Like I mean, how much time do you have? Like like I I I'm ashamed to admit this because I'm a, a noted Jad Abramrod uh, an, uh antagonizer. <laughs> but I listened to that radio lab about the guy that got stabbed by that spree killer on a train.
0: Uh-huh. I didn't re- And read then he
1: they yeah. went through this whole thing and he got on TV. This guy got on TV and was like praising the cops. Or whatever, and then like later on, like met a woman that was on the jury that said, like, actually the cops were cowards in your case, like they hid in like this little compartment on the train while you were getting attacked and only and only came out once you had subdued the guy while you're bleeding from like nine stab wounds (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) They're like, You got this covered, right? You're good. You're good, right? Then then they busted out and got the guy once that guy had like wrestled him. But took
0: all the credit for it, they're like
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Like did a whole, <laughs> yeah, 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 total. And then it came out, and then like that the guy became like
0: of the low. Just all of the basest, like most virtuous characteristics and behaviors that, like, at any other time in history, would like drive you to be an exile from a community for having no honor. Like those are just no. That's that's rewarded.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so fucking funny, dude. It's like uh and then I guess later on in that episode they talk about some case that was like um you know, that had basically provided the precedence for like cops not having a constitutional duty to act in situations like that. Uh huh. And it was something that happened in Colorado <laughs> and essentially they don't do not to. No, they don't have to. They're under no obligation to the Constitution <laughs> to Act. So they, they, that's why I said it's the fake email job, but with like a, like a gun. You know what I mean? What the fuck? You literally don't have to do anything even I'm, until... Even like a doctor has like the Hippocratic Oath or whatever, you know, like... <laughs> has, to, has to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that, these people have no obligation to society whatsoever, but have unreasonable power. <laughs> And there was like the case that provided the precedence was some, I guess this woman in Colorado had had a restraining order against like some guy that had been harassing her or whatever the case was. And um, basically in court, like everybody acknowledged that, well, actually, like because our constitution is like, uh, I forget what the term they used was, but it's like. You know, essentially, I forget what the term was, but essentially, it's like propped up to protect the wealthy and already Uh like landed people. Uh Like, cops are under no obligation to like act in situations. Like, there's nothing (laughs) that says that they have to. And so they were like, (laughs) so that's why they always win. The only way you beat a cop in a fucking court case is if they like don't show up because they were out, like, you know, doing whatever cops do at night. Finnal. Probably hitting on 14-year-old girls and such. Yeah, right. Or serial killing. Serial murder, ser- Serial killing, hitting on <laughs> underage girls, or just idling in a police car and, like, destroying, <laughs> destroying the planet. For- <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, I stand by it. we say this on the show before. I stand by it. If we abolish the police, <laughs> everybody talks about, oh, well, uh, uh, San Francisco will burn, and all these stores will get robbed. It'd actually blah, 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 be blah, the blah. opposite. Actually, we would not... Might- <laughs> We would actually might solve climate change because all these motherfuckers do is idle in their cars all day.
0: <laughs> we would make a significant contribution, anyways. We would take out yeah. a large chunk of
1: emissions. So yeah, yeah. maybe California. It would be like, would be like in the early much. pandemic when nobody was flying, right? And they actually noticed <laughs> things. That was crazy. That was pretty. Like wild. When people said dolphins were returning to the <laughs> <laughs> to the to the uh, canals in Venice. Oh uh, hell. <laughs> how
0: optimistic we were that would have been like a you know it's just like oh that's crazy no it's yeah. like but no like this institutional force it rewards all of your basest impulses and desires and therefore it just like encourages the worst behaviors in society so it's like even if and on we a, foot the bill for it yeah and if even if on a one-to-one basis one of them is like your buddy or depressed or something like that like it's still like well, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, the way the lines are drawn in society, we're on separate sides of that line. So, like, you're never going to cross that line. I just want to make that pain, I just want to make that, you know, as clear as possible. Y- you will never cross that line. You think you will? Uh, if that's what they're calling, like, post left now. You'll never they'll never let you into their club. They'll never let you be a cop no matter how much you fucking like unless until you put on the uniform and do shit like hide in utility closets while someone's getting stabbed.
1: You might as well you might as well come back and act right because all you're gonna be is a bootlicker. Yeah. They're never gonna let you in.
0: They're exact you'll always be a fucking bootlicker. So I'm sorry. If that's your politics, you've chosen You've chosen a side, sure. You picked a loser. (laughs) But, but, I mean, yeah, and the loser is you. It's not the cops. It's like, you are the loser. It's, oh, man. It's so weird, though, that, like, that's... You could see this brewing for a while, you know, for years. Like, this idea that, like, uh, you know, like, culture war has made politics more bund and completely, you know, uh, locked with inertia um so like the way to like get around that is like let's stop being friends with the cops in the police state and it's like okay a no one's ever gonna do that because most people are smart and they know that cops aren't their friends but b like i said you'll never be able to cross the line they don't fucking care about you as soon as it's expedient they'll sell you down the fucking river (laughs) yeah yeah
1: it's uh what are the other white people Oh, buddy. Is this
0: about Melungeons?
1: Well, it's close. This is from, uh, this is is titled Those Other White People from uh, Leighton Woodhouse's blog. And this is from November 14th. Longtime listeners of the program will hear this and might think this came out on November 14th, 2017, perhaps. But no, friends, this came out November 14th, 2021, as in like two and a half weeks ago. Okay.
0: Okay. So this guy's like, I'm trying to figure out what his politics are, and so the best I can discern so far, after looking him up, like it's like what you, yeah, it's like post left.
1: This is what he's like. like Amy, Therese, like Lee Fong. This is Lee why. Greenwald to some degree.
0: This is why I got off Twitter, man. Seriously, the fact that this even exists. Like, this this thing that makes no—like, this is not a thing that would organically exist a hundred years ago. I mean, I guess right. maybe they would, and they would just be called, like, Nazis or whatever, but, like, this is not real. This isn't real. It's not even this. that. It's like a contrarian kind of, like, leftism that's completely triangulated by, like, online discourse. Nothing in the real world.
1: Nothing in the real world. This is, I mean, it's just this strain of of the left that, I mean, I guess is gaining a certain degree of steam post-Bernie. Because they would say about us, well, you all just want all these perfect conditions and whatever. And what they're saying is like, uh, well, let's bring the Boogaloo's in and like, you know, let's start organizing with people that are like, you know, white supremacists and all that kind of stuff and blah, 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 blah. And it's purely an online fiction because Mm -hmm. those are... Two very extremes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it makes no sense. Oh, we got it. We got to meet. <laughs> we got to meet the white nationalists and the racists where they're at. <laughs> I mean, that's not even like I don't know. It's like my brain. We know white probably... nationalists exist. All right, I'm not saying they're not a scourge. They're not a problem. But I don't know personally that many rabid white nationalists. I know like people with like you know some subtle sympathies or that sort of eat up the diet version of that kind of shit and are reactionary and their tendencies and whatnot. But I'm talking about, like, take to the streets, like... You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And again, I'm not saying they don't exist, because they definitely do. I mean, we've seen this with uh, Charlottesville <laughs> and everything over the last several years. But
0: That, to me, is, like, if anybody says... Like, I, I, I doubt that anybody would just come out and explicitly say that. I imagine that they all kind of just hint at it, because, like everybody who says stuff like that is too much of a pussy to just actually become a conservative like they want to be conservative but they're too much
1: of a pussy to actually do it and well so, it's it's funny because it's a, liberal, it's a liberal tendency they have to sort of code it in this sort of like left or post left sort of sugarcoating or whatever you want but really what it is is the liberal urge of the liberal experience of of like becoming disenfranchised with your own party or whatever so what i'm going to do is start developing conservative sympathies and see what that treats it's like charlie (laughs) chris you're liberals is all it is you know what i mean it's like jim justice you're just switching parties is all you're doing but you're dressing it up in like this post-left thing where you're like that's what i'm saying the only reason it exists is because it's
0: purely a creation of online, like, beefs and grievances and shit.
1: It's, it, it is a politics crafted completely... Online. Mediated completely through online. It's weird. That's what I'm saying. Like, that, that, that's...
0: This is a main reason why I had to get off. Like, the fact that, like, this... Website is churning out shit like this at this point, like just based yeah. on the algorithms that were fed into it like
1: 10 years ago. This is what's they're crea- coming out the are creating. End? They're creating <laughs> political movements based on the algos. But they're, and not, what people have, they're not. And what even, people have been drawn to. I know, and they're not even real. But like some major writers
0: have latched onto them as if they are real. And I mean, and then that gets like kind of sucked right back up through the larger uh just like ecosystem of this media thing. So that like before long in the New York Times opinion section they'll be writing about this. When in all when all reality it is something that like started out, yeah, as just a turd completely, you know, formulated with like grievances and like a care you know what I mean, like right. a kind of carefully triangulated set of Supposition. It is.
1: It is a politics created by media washouts and mediated through Twitter beefs and lore, and yeah, that's
0: basically it. It's very strange, <laughs> dude. And the fact that that actually does have a p- bearing on politics, because um, as we saw throughout the 2020 election, like there is a lot of influence and impact that the media can you know uh put on a campaign and and put on people's perceptions of it so it's like it does
1: have right. a weird fucking impact it's so bizarre you basically i don't like to use the phrase nothing burger for obvious reasons <laughs> but you basically would not have this political movement i don't think if that whole dumbass force the vote thing that Tore, broke everybody's brain wouldn't have happened. Is it, it kind of? I mean, the seeds were there beforehand. I mean, with kind of shit uh, Glenn Greenwald was doing and Lee Fong and other people like that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But like after that, it really solidified into a block. I felt like that's again made out of thin air, on nothing but like stupid online beefs and like of uh, and the aftermath of like forced the vote. Anyway, I want you to <laughs> pretend for a second that I didn't tell you this came out two weeks ago. I want you to close your eyes, and you don't know anything about this. I'm going to just wipe your brain, okay? Okay, all right, wipe me. I want you to tell me genuinely what this reminds you of. Because to me, I will say this right up front. To me, I think this is like a plagiarization of trying to synthesize like Kevin Williamson's big white ghetto. Oh, uh, one
0: of my favorites. With, a classic. But with,
1: but with every like sort of like left or even like some liberal leaning, like you don't understand Appalachia piece. It's like he tried <laughs> to synthesize these two things.
0: Okay. That sounds genuinely fascinating, my friends. What you what you just outlined is a y'all star it's like of a, a y'all star collabed col- but like a native y'all star collabed with uh Nick Kristoff, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> or Kevin Williamson. Yeah,
1: no. In I gotta show you this. I gotta show you this picture. Look at that picture. Oh,
0: dude. Okay, so it looks like there, the, there's a baby on the ground. Maybe
1: is that what it's it, like? A girl playing with like a dog in front of a house. That's like you know, just like you would see in the hollow or something. You know. <clears throat> uh. Uh-uh. One of the most pathetic spectacles of contemporary liberal culture is white people trashing other white people for being white. Huh. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I understand okay. the motivation, which is transparent, to show your hashtag allyship by disowning your quote people end quote. Wait, wait, Renat- wait, wait.
0: Wait. Uh, will you read me the first sentence again?
1: Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. <clears throat> One of the most pathetic spectacles of contemporary liberal culture is white people trashing other white people for being white.
0: Okay. All right. Pause. You said you told me to wipe my brain and to tell you what this reminded me of. Okay. Granted, our podcast got started in the murky swamp of the uh, early Trump administration. Right. But uh, there were some people, some libs out there denouncing their fellow whites, sure. But it definitely seems like they've moved on.
1: I don't like this Is does not seem like something they this- do anymore. This does not seem like a contemporary issue. Like, I, I, it's like my man slipped on some ice and hit his head and, and it's like, well, it's November 2017 and Donald Trump is about a year into his presidency. I have to write something about this.
0: Dude, you're right. So it sounds, you're right. It sounds like someone was watching the election in 2016 and, yeah, fell off their motorcycle and got in a coma and woke up someone vaguely on the left like maybe like a bernie supporter or or something like tulsi Gabbard or something like that and then woke up in 2021 and just started reading the news immediately after they woke up from their coma and they were like oh yeah, oh, yeah okay <laughs>
1: yeah <clears throat> i understand the motivation which is transparent to show your hashtag allyship by disowning your own people air quotes and renouncing the supposed status attached to your racial identity, a small heroic act of race treason in the struggle against white supremacy. (laughs) But, as everyone knows, in reality it entails none of those things. In the elite, overeducated liberal circles in which this dynamic is ubiquitous... There is, if anything, a negative status attached to being white, so you sacrifice nothing by disassociating yourself from whiteness.
0: Uh, Is he talking about people in, like, the privilege audits and stuff in college? Bro, you know what I
1: think he's doing? I think he's engaging in some CRT. Is he doing some critical race theory? But from a different direction. My man is
0: doing critical race theory from a different direction. There you go. There you go. My man, Layton. Moreover, he sat down. He was like, I'm going to do some critical race theory today. I'm going to put them
1: up on game. (laughs) (laughs) Moreover, the people you castigate are not your own. They're exactly the opposite. They're the people you want everyone around you to have nothing to do with you, your values and your social standing. They're those other white people. Uh So I want to say something because, like, yeah, it's like at a certain point, he might have had a point with the whole... Like, whatever. But I feel like even the most, like, sort of, like, surge liberals are, like, basically understand that, like, they can't div- disavow themselves of their whiteness in 2021. That's why it feels like such a, like a...
0: Yeah, it seems like something that was popular in, like... A few uh, years ago. Yeah, like in 2016 or 17. But is yeah. like, not... I mean, but maybe... I don't know. I I don't really hang out on college campuses... But, I mean, does anybody? Like, everybody? everything's been locked down, I thought.
1: <laughs> yeah. I once read a somewhat cynical account, and I wish I could remember where, of the progressive movement in New York at the turn of the 20th century. <laughs> okay, here's where, the, here's where this gets a little interesting. At the time, the United States power elite was dominated by WASPs. But many Jews had also found prosperity in New York, residing primarily on the Upper East Side. These Jews were part of a wave of migration from Germany to the U.S. that had begun in the 1840s. It's one Spurred, of those
0: one of those statements that makes you go,
1: "Do huh? Do <laughs> yeah. huh?" But many Jews had also found prosperity. That's when you go, "Do interesting. huh?" Interesting. Spurred by. Anti-Semitic persecution in the old world. These prosperous German Jews watched the next wave of Jewish immigrants, poor, largely Orthodox Jews from Eastern Europe, with concern and alarm. Is this white supremacist stuff? I think what he's saying is that, like... <laughs> what, you, what is this? Like, Western European Jews look down on Eastern European Jews or something.
0: Oh, like okay. So he's saying, yeah, like, first world rich... Um, Jews, yeah, like look down on those in the old world, in the old country, the peasants, like and... uh, the
1: Yiddish speaking, uh, okay, Jews from Estonia. All and other right, I like s- that.
0: I see what you're saying. I'm curious to know where this goes.
1: <laughs> okay, <clears throat> the Yiddish speaking Jews who clustered in the tenements of the Lower East Side were dirty, crude, and visibly foreign and as such threatened to further inflame the anti-Semitism the German Jews had been subjected to by the WASP elite for decades. A combination of compassion, embarrassment, and anxiety motivated an army of affluent German Jewish wives to make the trek downtown to work to assimilate these Eastern Europeans as quickly as possible, in part to erase the blight that they had brought upon the precarious image of the American Jew. I suspect something similar is happening now with educated, urbane white people and their uneducated, ex-urban, and rural white counterparts. Okay, continue. (laughs) Let me tell you why he's like, just why you should just jump off the boat here. It's because the hillbillies of Appalachia have not even a faith in common with, like, wealthy whites. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't even think that, like... It's a horrible. It's a. It's a, well. I don't. I don't. Even, I don't even want to. I don't. I don't even want to speak on that. Going into that whole like. I don't thing think, he's talking about about Jewish people.
0: It's, it's. I don't. Yeah. I don't even think that your average like white, hillbilly even has like a sort of race consciousness like that. I don't think he looks at Bill Gates and is like, my man he's white you know what i mean like they don't fucking. there's not
1: a hillbilly that's like that believes him and bill gates have anything in common
0: this presupposes that the average american white worker already has this like white supremacist race consciousness fully developed and like maybe they did like 50 or 60 years ago um and all of us still do because obviously we're subjected to a a vast array of white supremacist propaganda and like programming and other stuff from an early age. But at the same time, I don't think it's gotten to that point. I don't think it's that point where like your average everyday worker hillbilly is saying like me and Bill Gates, we got nothing in common, but at least we're white. Like, that's
1: not what they're saying. They fucking like that. Is that what he's saying? I know. I mean, that, I mean, that's probably something that was said you know, in Alabama around the turn of the century, or something. Right, you know but I that's mean? not really
0: something that like is that
1: pervasive anymore.
0: Even though yeah, there the is a- systemic the racism. More and- white,
1: yeah, does not look at the wealthy white overlords and and be, be like, that's just that's just white pride. Right, man. right, right. It's really that's really only the domain of people that like have this weird fetishization of like Vikings and the Greeks as like. You know as like uh you know avatars of like white masculinity or whatever
0: yeah yeah and i'm not saying it can't or it won't be that again someday it it, it is very possible and it does look like that is the trajectory this fucking country is going towards but it it feels like now that's not as much the case as it used to be and again I, i don't want to stress that yes there are such things as systemic racism and that cops fucking shoot uh, you know black people in the streets and they're in cars. you know all these things exist but i'm just saying that there's not that kind of like if there's any kind of consciousness it's almost kind of a class one in the sense that they see bill gates and they're like fuck him but then like somewhere along the way because of like q anon and all those other things it gets rerouted back towards like well you know bill gates is uh you know trying to <laughs> put microchips <laughs> even in the
1: most and- crazy among that group think that Bill Gates is trying to kill them with a vaccine. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I and not even that crazy. I don't even want to say that, but just like, you know, it's basically suspicion of people like that run amok. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Right, right. Before I, long, people are going to be saying that's rooted in anti-Semitism. Right. And like maybe antagonism toward Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates and stuff right. like that. Suspicion of that.
0: And Maybe some of it is. But maybe some of it's well. Not, I mean, in the but,
1: and certainly some of the you know uh, maybe ideas about uh, this thing or that thing. But I don't know that like you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also I don't want to imply that like
0: like the Q worldview or heuristic is the like. You know representative model like standard belief system of the average American white worker like because like that's the thing There is no like consensus ideology there. There's no I mean it's like most people are still completely apolitical at the end of the day Like again, it may be changing. I don't know, but it seems like most people are still apolitical pretty much
1: This is this is such a hack move and like one of the hallmarks of like a hack writer. Okay because he basically acknowledges that, the, that that analogy falls apart. And to, as a hedge, he goes, he goes, the analogy, of course, only goes so far. So <laughs> like, this is your whole thesis. And then, like, in that one sentence, you admit that it's bullshit, but you had to, to occupy some space.
0: Oh, man. You know, the other day I was bragging on people who use Substack because I do think everybody needs an editor. But no, it actually is still good because people like this stay on there and just completely, like... You know, they make their own case for why their ideas are stupid. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) The analogy, of course, only goes so far. Unlike the Jewish progressives, there's no compassion whatsoever at work in the way affluent middle-class white people regard poor and working-class whites. There's no will to shape them into respectable versions of themselves, and the motivation to shun them doesn't come from some deep anxiety about mounting anti-whiteness. The embarrassment and condescension, however, is there in droves. And then he, like, screenshots some, like, David O. Adkins tweets from Twitter. <laughs> <clears throat>
0: Tribune of the plebs, David O. Atkins. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. No, seriously. How do you... This is a David O. Atkins tweet. No, seriously. How do you deprogram 75 million people? Where do you start? Fox? Facebook? We have to start thinking in terms of post World War II Germany or Japan or the failures of the Reconstruction in the South, dude. I don't. So I think what he's saying is taking David O. Atkins to task or whatever. I understand where all of these people are
0: coming from, and it's and it's a a question that I think if you're on the left, you've probably asked yourself at some point or other, which is like, why isn't our message resonating? Like, why is the right winning? Like, what is the extent of the popularity of their ideas and et cetera? But, like, I just fundamentally disagree with the – I don't disagree with it. People do need to be deprogrammed in a way. But at the same time, I think that, like, the way they view it is that, like, most people walk around with, like, sort of rigidly programmed with it, like, in their minds at all times when I think in reality the truth is much more nuanced. It's more like – I think the underlying fundamental assumption of it all is more one of powerlessness and helplessness. Right. That's
1: correct. That's correct. I think, too, like, also, this stuff stays at the forefront of, like, guys like us who, like, talk about this twice a week and guys like this guy, Woodhouse, that writes a blog about, (laughs) presumably, about (laughs) certain stuff like that. People that think about politics as, like, part of their livelihood yeah which is not which is not John Q hillbilly or anything else like I think about like even the members of my family who have some reactionary tendencies and it's different because politics is always at the forefront of my mind because it's what I like kind of do and sort of make a living off of and all that kind of stuff but it's that's not the case for for them you know what I mean yeah so it's like, it's like, it's just, it's like, we need to deprogram these people and this, that, and the third. And it's like, well, they're really not thinking about this stuff as much as you think they are. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The most that they're thinking of is, yeah, um, just... They'll throw out like a stray bullet they heard on Facebook or Fox News right. or something like that. But like the majority of like people... It's that, not
0: the animating force of their lives, Right, basically. right,
1: correct. Yeah.
0: and And again like that does hint at a need for some sort of deprogramming but like for me it's more like until there is some sort of like organizational vehicle or something that comes around and proves that can actually help people and not only that that if you join them you can actually make your life better too until something like that comes along it doesn't matter. It's all abstract, and that is just as true for the right wing as the left wing. The right wing does have an advantage in the sense that they are letting anybody into the fucking Republican Party. <laughs> They'll fucking right. take anybody, right? But um, and 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 so you know, but but the even then though, it's not even a um. Even then, though, it's not even like a traditional organization. There's no membership. There's no way to like flex your membership or your organization's power or anything like that other than in the ballot box and in the Facebook comments section. So until then, all of us are all just kind of like managed and corralled and moved around by various algorithms and other things. And so it all just it's all just like noise. But it, it does have an effect, though, because like I was thinking about this the other day. The thing that really boggles my mind is um and and the thing that really makes me wonder like what is gonna happen here because something has to give is these like fights over school boards and Mm. um like the whole critical race theory you know and all that I mean like like here let me tell you let me tell you about this dude I saw this fucking tweet the other day let's see if I could find it damn I should have had it readily available it was like a tweet of all of the like, terms and words that conservatives are trying to ban in, like, the Wisconsin school system,
1: I guess. You know what I'm saying? The, like, uh, just Let me just say this. I don't know before you even say it. None of these words would have been on anybody's tongue in 2010.
0: Exactly. This is nuts. Read these. Ban terms. Um, in tes- testimony before a joint meeting of the Assembly and Senate Education Committees in August... Representative Chuck Witchgers, <laughs> Chuck, God damn it, Chuck Witchgers, Chuck Witchgers, Republican, Muskego, one of the co-authors of the bill to ban the teaching of critical race theory, outlined a list of additional terms and concepts. He said violate the equal protection clause of the U.S.
1: Constitution. There was one that was i, I read yesterday that was like, that's a pure fiction. Nobody had even thought about that word till yesterday.
0: Right uh here's some of the words this is critical race theory obviously action civics social emotional learning or sel diversity equity and inclusion dei culturally responsive teaching abolitionist teaching affinity groups anti-racism anti-bias training anti-blackness anti-meritocracy centering or decentering collective guilt colorism conscious and unconscious bias critical ethics you know what
1: you know what chuck did Chuck put on the music band t shirt and turned his hat backwards and threw the skateboard, you know, the Steve Bashimi meme, and went to like uh, Power yeah. Shift or some yeah. something, and then just took the itinerary home and just picked all the buzzwords out and said, We're banning these too. Oh, fuck.
0: Oh, man. Neo segregation, multiculturalism, microaggressions. Dude, all of these intersectionality. Obviously. Uh, hegemony, but we've joked about this before, though. Just the idea of these guys like talking about hegemony and intersectionality, <laughs> like these like big kind of clunky words that like, yeah. you're. I don't know. It's um, it's, I don't know. Uh, equity. Anyways, the point I was trying to make a second ago is that like I read stuff like that and I'm like, well, what is the end goal here? Because obviously, this has now gotten lumped in with the anti-mask anti-vax stuff and all that which is also like roiling local school boards so it's like what is the in what is the end game like this this eventually something's gotta give like what happens like or or i don't know i guess maybe there won't have an impact maybe they can just keep going to school board meetings and nothing will happen but like i i assume that like with enough enough pressure and agitation like something will one of these things will wind up getting passed and even if it even if it does, it may not even matter because I highly doubt that they're actually teaching kids about like abolitionism. Like <laughs> again, never, this goes back to the
1: very beginning. Is there who's a crime the first wave? person you ever heard was an abolitionist? Uh,
0: Frederick Douglass,
1: high school, Frederick,
0: like like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. like that was the first. Yeah, high school. We read the uh the
1: narrative life. life of a slave. Yeah, yeah.
0: And that's that's it. Like we weren't taught like. We weren't taught, like, there's an ongoing system of, like, mass incarceration and yeah, all these
1: golden other gulag or any of that yeah, stuff. Yeah.
0: We were just taught that, like, slavery happened in the past and it's over and everyone's good now. Like, that was what we were everyone's taught.
1: Everyone's good now, and you, you wouldn't believe it, but some some <laughs> slaves were even happy then. They they taught us that, too,
0: literally. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess it varies from school district to school district, obviously. But um, but
1: it, what's hilarious is we were, we've always been taught that, like, in places like where all these guys are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we've always, like, so why do they think that, like, is it that they feel like their revisionist history has been, is encroached upon by these, like, sort of SJW-type buzzwords? Or, I don't know. I think it's, um, it's several
0: things. One, they're racist, but they don't want to admit it. Um, right. And, but two, is, like, they don't have a way, I, I don't know, like, two, they're equally poisoned by the culture war and um, so they, they see this as their way to plug in, in a political way, because right. they're just as hopeless as we are in the realm of politics, and they have to put the shovel in somewhere. Right. Um, but, I don't know, it is also about control, though, because, like, on the list, there's anti-meritocracy. Like, I mean, I'm really surprised they didn't have communism on there. That actually, that's tight. They didn't have communism, so you could teach communism, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, like, let me just show you the parallel to this, though. I think, and probably part of it is like this sort of liberal conception of social justice that you see, like, sort of like championed in like the like the NBA bubble last year, where uh-huh. all the players instead of putting their names on the back of their jerseys, they put. Like equality, like you know, I mean, words that range from like generic SJW words, like equality and fairness and whatever, all the way to the granular. Like one guy, I think, put participatory budgeting on the back of his oh, jersey. man, I want that <laughs> Which jersey. Would make Tanya smile. I want that jersey. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it's just, it's just interesting that like the war being played out is not anything of substance. Like, on the more liberal side, it's just, like, you know, uh, athletes uh, putting, like, you know, just, you know, sort of liberal buzzwords, and then, like, on the other side, it's, like, these conservative politicians trying to ban certain buzzwords from being mentioned in the classroom. Uh And it's, like, when you see some substance actually injected into that sort of, like... Ted a Tet, like when the the NBA players were going to strike. Then you got the liberals like Obama that go in here and whisper in like prominent ears like LeBron James and Chris Paul says, "No, uh-huh. you don't want to do that. Just play. You don't want to. Right. You don't want to let them beat you. You know what I mean or yeah. whatever." And it's just like that's what ultimately that's what that equation I think is about. You know, it's about like liberalism's job is to neutralize, like that sort of, like, left actual, um, action. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, well, what it is is it's, like, uh, this is what I don't understand about the post-left position. It's, like, if it's not your thing, then fine, but that's not the point, like, because these these people are probably paid by the CIA. Like, like, let's just face it, let's say it, what everybody wants to say, they're probably on the payroll of the CIA because, like, what they say is completely antithetical to the left it's like the you know the marxist view is a systems analysis it is a long-term view and a heuristic of like how history moves forward and, and why certain things happen under capitalism etc and so it's like they've taken that kind of supposition your your, your boy leighton Bodehouse or wodehouse or whatever the fuck his I'm name wodehouse. is <clears throat> they've taken that formulation but they don't like where the lines are drawn They don't like that the cops are in the security guards are excluded, you know, and and so they're just trying to redraw the lines. And it's just like, well, okay, then call it something else. I guess that's why they call it post-left, but that's why I'm saying it's not a real thing. Like, that's not... They only did that not as a way to win, because they, it can't win, numerically, right. statistically. They, they just did it because it was motivated by a grievance, because someone they didn't like didn't invite them on the podcast they like.
1: Yeah, it's everything, <laughs> every move they make is motivated by a grievance, that's exactly
0: what exactly Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's all because they wanted to have podcasts and be the voices of the left in 2016. It's like
1: such a weird thing to say, Chapo Trap House Millionaires. You know what I mean? Like, uh, just like, just offer that up, just to like stir shit. It was so funny. Well, what else does he have to say? There, <clears throat> when college-educated, city-dwelling white people express their deep disdain for white America what? on Twitter. By the way, again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wait, he uh, just to recap. He did just admit that the entire first half of his his missive, his bon mot, was completely. Uh, he threw it out, right? He said the analogy only goes so far. (laughs) Only goes so far, of course, yeah. (laughs) Let's just keep that in mind. Anyways, he just said that, so continue.
1: And then also right here, he's just admitting, like, basically, uh, Act 2 is about Twitter grievance. When college-educated, (laughs) city-dwelling white people express their deep disdain for white America on Twitter... They don't have their educated white spouses or their white kids or their white co workers or their white roommates from college in mind. They're talking about the white underclass, the new unworthy poor. Oh, like see, this is
0: af- why this is why I respect Kevin Williamson's position way more than this shit. Because Kevin Williamson just says that just fucking let them all die fuck like you know like that's yeah, what we believe it. they're a
1: black they're useless you're right
0: exactly this is like well he just comes out and says it. he's a genocidal insane person like this guy like doesn't actually mean this he wouldn't be yeah. caught dead with any of these people oh but no 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 no, no. did you here's, say so he's like a filmmaker from la
1: or something uh, yeah a filmmaker from the <laughs> bay area <clears throat> the new i uh, like this Oh, I like this, like the affluent American Jews at the turn of the century oh. of of my analogy that I admitted followed fell apart. <laughs> I, that's an editor's note. <laughs> White elites on both the left and the right are eager to wipe the stain of their vulgar ethnic cousins off of themselves. Um. That is that is. <laughs>
0: I mean, they don't even really say that though. Like the most they'll fucking do it is say that like J D Vance is good. Like, I guess, like, again, after 2016, they really were... Some of them really were saying some crazy shit just, like, you know, about, like... The you know besmudged coal smudged faces, uh, you know what I mean.
1: That kind of. I stuff, am that the- of- I am the smudge. <laughs> I am that smudge. No, you're not, motherfucker. You're an affluent rider. <laughs> like, shut the fuck. Like, up. yes, yes. There, w- you're right.
0: Especially from him, um, there was a definite like, yeah, there was this kind of like, fuck them, fuck the Trump country people. Like, they were saying that, but like, they don't. Like, I guess none of them really say it explicitly anymore. And even if they do. Uh, I don't know, man.
1: Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a... uh, uh. But unlike the progressives, they're not interested in assimilating them, but instead in relegating them further into the margins as an alien class of potential okay. treasonous compatriots.
0: I get, I get it now. All right, I get it. Why? I get it. Why? Like you mentioned. For anybody listening to this who's not on Twitter, they'll have no idea what any of these names were. But I get why you limped Greenwald in there earlier, because he is has also recently kind of tacked to this line. That, like, the average American white worker or whatever has been forgotten, and if you're not appealing to him, then, like, what, uh, you know, th- that, that just reveals how elitist and coastal and shit you are, right? Isn't that basically the line here, even the line of this writer?
1: Yeah, basically, what it seems like, and I don't want to belabor this because this is just like it, it's just basically it's just because warmed over twenty seventeen, but with, exactly with a couple of these like newfangled post left or whatever you want right. to call it opinions, and
0: because legal. only like thirteen people in the world see the world this way, and those thirteen people are on the payroll of the CNN and, and those, <laughs> those, those
1: those thirteen people are Glenn Greenwald, Lee Fong, uh, yeah,
0: I don't know about any of those guys. I don't want to like defame them or anything but like the low tier accounts the ones that aren't blue checks just kind of sus to me
1: anyways yeah yeah i don't yeah i have no idea about these guys uh basically let's see as the journalist alec mcgillis oh wait hold on a second yeah As the journalist Alec McGillis pointed out in a 2016 essay, social breakdown among low-income whites has begun to, quote, to mimic trends that had begun decades earlier among African Americans. Rates of -of out-of-wedlock births and male joblessness were rising sharply. McGillis quotes Josh Marshall. Let's just see where this goes for a second.
0: Is this a white birth rate thing?
1: I think it's where it's headed, but I don't know where, like, where he comes down on this. McGillis quotes Josh Marshall of Talking Points Memo walking, making what's become a typical liberal diagnosis of the problem. Let's put this clearly. The stressor at work here is the perceived and real loss of the social and economic advantages of being white. Josh Marshall is the son of a marine biologist. That's just like... Uh, he attended a private college prep school in Southern California which currently has a $37 million endowment charges 32000 yearly tuition for its day school students and 45000 for its boarding and school students he went to Princeton for college and Brown for grad school before founding a company that brings in millions of dollars in annual revenue and yet Josh Marshall's analysis of what's killing poor white people at a rate more than 20 points higher than the national average is distress over their loss of their white privilege um...
0: When did Josh Marshall say that? He might have said that in, like, 2016 or 2017.
1: Yeah, like, these, all these guys, I don't, it's, it's, that's what I'm saying, it just becomes more and more mundane, and it's just like, he's just, it, basically what it, what this strikes me as, is, like, these people are, like, they, like, they are t- taking a swipe at Chopo or whoever mm-hmm. else, because, like, they think that they should have been, like, the ones that, like, you know. Or like the voice of like you know whatever you know. Well, it's it's the all the posts left is is people
0: just mad that like the Bernie thing failed, and that the Democrats and the liberals kind of, like, they acknowledged after 2016, like, ah, oh, we kind of fucked up, we kind of forgot about the people in the middle of the country, maybe we have to do some large infrastructural spending and bills and stuff like that. And so they killed Bernie off and didn't want to, you know, wasn't going to allow something like that happening here because, you know, they the last thing they want is some kind of, like, Latin America and social democratic movement here. So they killed that off, but, like, you know, salvaged some of the core tenets, and like that's why they're passing the infrastructure bill and some of these large like government spending bills and stuff like that. The post left people are people who cannot, like they just cannot admit that defeat. Like they're oh, just yeah, like yeah, no, yeah. but but we still could have done something. Like nah, we lost. They fucking beat us again. They fucking beat that. What is the guy, what is that football player uh, coach? What has he said? They they came to win or something. Like oh, that. oh 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 oh. Uh, uh,
1: Harm Edwards. Right. Hello you play to win the game
0: <laughs> right they came to win the game uh, you know and so a lot of this is just cope but furthermore i fucking hate reading stuff like this as an aside because like sometimes like re- i read stuff like this and i'm like damn do i sound like this when i write
1: like- i know it's like it almost indicts you and i'm like god i hope i don't let me wrap this up here It's the last last point he's making <clears throat> So he's like saying something boilerplate like all these libs like, uh, you know, like Marcos Militsas and Josh Marshall and all. all these people I have literally haven't thought about since 2017 Right, are, are all... Bad, Yeah, okay. Right. All people
0: who, like, these people don't say that shit anymore because, like, they, they realize, like, the much smarter move. Because them saying that almost did get their asses thrown out on the street. And so they realize the much smarter move is to kind of make empty gestures to the heartland and to the forgotten Rust Belt and all this stuff. Because, right. like, that allows them to get away with infrastructure bills and all
1: this other shit. And that's, I mean, it's it's why you have Bruce Springsteen having a podcast with Barack with, Obama. With Barack
0: Obama, exactly. The whole fucking thing was just dialed in from as soon as they realized what happened after 2016. The whole fucking thing. And we we didn't know it. We were like Joe Pesci walking into that fucking room.
1: Oh, fuck. (laughs) They
0: saw us fucking coming, man.
1: Yeah. To the left of Marshall, it's even worse. Among progressives, policies are routinely crafted specifically to exclude poor and working class white people and increasingly Asians. Who are perceived as less uh, deserving of assistance thanks to their inherited racial privilege. The, ab- the wholesome abandonment of the concept of social class on the left has reached the level of absurdity at which poverty is perceived as purely an outcome of identity-based discrimination. If you're poor but not a member of a protected class, you're not really a victim. It's the old Anglo-American tradition of ranking the poor by their level of moral entitlement, but dressed up as social justice. This is the last paragraph. This is the left's version of the racial grievance politics the right has been practicing for generations. Liberals are rightly disgusted by these racist tactics, but when they're deployed by their political adversaries, when they're deployed by their political adversaries, but are blind to them when they come from their own side. That's because unlike the Lee Atwater dog whistles, the right routinely sounds, the left's classist version is not cynical. It's expressed entirely in earnest. It's what you're left with when your ideology has been utterly deprived of a materialist foundation and has been transformed by the elitists who have hijacked your movement (laughs) to a tool to legitimate the existing social and economic hierarchy rather than to subvert it.
0: Stop. That is such a bad sentence. I hate it when my fucking ideology gets hijacked, bro. God, dog,
1: I, I, I do hate it, but you know, who, who among us has not had the experience of having your movement turned into a tool to legitimate the existing social and economic hierarchy, but then subverted it, <laughs> <laughs> or rather than subverted it.
0: just such a fucking sh- wrap it up, man, wrap it up, wrap it up. Oh, it's just, <laughs> God, it's I
1: hate, I hate people that write like they're trying to make the word count on a term paper in college, so they just in- like insert all, like three or four useless like flowery <laughs> sentences. Some people can do it. Leighton, I hate to break it to you, my friend. You can't do it. Not your strong suit. Perhaps you should uh, lean into your filmmaking.
0: Right, right. (laughs) Stick with the camera, Play play your strengths, man. Stick with the camera, bro. (laughs) This is like... There is a whole fucking cottage industry of this shit, though. I'm trying to find this video... Frantically trying to find this video... Of, like, this woman... Who was talking about Rittenhouse... It was on that like Rising Network. I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? Isn't there like a network called like American Rising or some shit like that? Uh, uh, dude, Jesus Christ. See, this is the thing. I'm not even
1: online enough to keep up with all of this. Yeah, it's it's. I know what you're talking about. It's like, yeah, like every like political persuasion is going to have their own like sort of like. Like I could see a post lift or whatever you want to call it version of the Young Turks and it's like Jimmy Dory, Glenn Greenwald. Well the young Turks Le- and are- if Layton if they let him out of the house.
0: Jesus Christ. I apologize to all my friends and Hobbs back home. I apologize to all my homies back home who have never heard a single one of these names.
1: Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> and also I don't even I mean, it's not even worth fucking like pissing and moaning about you know what i mean but like i i think it's it's weird it's like um a group of people that ostensibly it's like a group of people that ostensibly believe what you believe but they want to insert in insert like a little bit too much conciliatory sort of uh concessions you know to uh to some of the more reactionary elements Uh uh-huh but then also, they want to, like, sort of uh, use the sort of, uh, you know, uh, I don't even know what you would call it. Like, sort of the uh, antagonizing style that might have been, you know, honed on the left in the last couple of years, and for good reason, but against, like, people that more or less agree <laughs> with them. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know. Yeah, was- it's just it just... Distracts me as like a sour grapes bunch.
0: I wish so fucking bad I could find that video, but if I can't find it, I can't prove the point I want to make, and um, so I guess I can't prove it. I guess I'm just gonna have to forget about it and move on. Well, no, it was like um, I think the point was like it was a clip, and those of you who know what I'm talking about, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. It was a clip of like this. Anchor basically talking about the written house thing and talking about how like the media portrays you know black men that are killed by the police as like these monsters and no angel and all this, but then they were like trying to say that the media has also been doing this now
1: to like Kyle written house stuff. Do you know what clip I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like it's like these people either make like a warmed over point that's been made a million times by people more intelligent than they. Or they'll just throw like kind of a, just like a weird bomb in there, like you know Kyle Rittenhouse supports BLM, <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. You know what I mean? And it just makes you scratch your head. I don't know. It just seems like, it seems like they're sort of just there to cause confusion. <laughs> you know? Dude,
0: the reason I can't find any of this is because I've muted these people a long ass time ago. I think like. The rising, whatever the fuck that is, God damn it! <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not again, again. The fact that you have to be that online to even know any of this is like, what, I'm just telling you, if you, you're out there, you're interested in leftist politics, whatever you are in it already, you don't have to pay attention to any of this. It's kind of completely inconsequential, but it's really not at the same time. You know, I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's not inconsequential. I personally have to not look at it, because it seems stupid as shit. Because you wind up reading a guy named Leighton Wodehouse. (laughs) (laughs) Wodehouse.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, in any case, there it is, folks. Okay,
0: um... Well, if you want to support us on Patreon, go to that website. <laughs> it's called Patreon, dot com slash Trillbilly Workers Party. I also have a show coming up. Not me. Not me doing stand-up, but my band. My band tenure has a show coming up on the 17th of December here in Whitesburg, Kentucky. Um, I think it's like 10 bucks at the door. For like four bands. Pretty good deal. Uh, But if you don't want to come to the show. We're also on Spotify and shit too. So check that out. Um, uh, But uh, otherwise. Dude it's nice having something to plug again. Like this is our first show. Since before the pandemic. It's crazy.
1: God really.
0: Yeah. Huh. It's wild.
1: Yeah. It is. God that is god it has been such a long time
0: yeah almost two years that I was is... thinking
1: about our tour we did twenty nineteen and it's like it's almost two years ago.
0: I know dude now, it's it's so it's fucked so up. fucking strange. the world will never be the same, bro it just won't, and I'm mourning for it. Can't you see
1: well, yeah me both my man well,
0: you don't see this is the thing you're I've been noticing lately you've not been done enough mourning for it. The world we lost, and it's honestly, it's a little, it's a little concerning. It's a little concerning <laughs> for the lack of mourning you've done for the world we lost. So, uh,
1: why don't you well, work I'll, on that? I'm gonna work on my mourning. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be working on that. I'll, I'll get my head right for the next episode. Be appropriately mournful. <laughs> that
0: goes for all of you out in the audience as well. Make sure you've moaned, pr- mourned. Moaned and mourned appropriately for the world we lost. Never leave your house without your case number and
1: Wear black and wail and so much so that your neighbors get concerned.
0: Right. And always have your case number and clean up the slop if Daddy says to what was the what was the
1: line from your um Oh a, Daddy you want me to feed them hogs? <laughs> That's gonna be my million dollar line. That's that's the line I'm gonna get rich off of. So if you're out there and you're a casting director, I will appear in your movie and I will say Reckon Daddy wants me to feed them hogs. They're like, why is this guy pushing forty like at time. That's what I'm gonna do, dude. I'm gonna be like damn near forty. Uh and I'm gonna be the guy that just shows up you know it's a guy that you don't know who the hell I am, but you know I'm in every movie. All right. In every movie I say the same thing. <laughs> Reckon daddy wants me to feed them hogs. <laughs>
0: oh, that's good. Gets me every time, gets me every time. All right. Thanks for listening this week, folks. Uh we'll see you next time. Peace.